Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. When we've been hurt deeply, so deeply, forgiveness can be a powerful tool that helps us transcend what's happened to us and to rebuild our lives. Sarah Shulton Krantz is my guest on today's show, and she's here to share a little bit about how she healed from the traumatic experiences that hurt her most. She'll be talking about the power of forgiveness and about the healing gifts of nature, which Sarah knows is one of the most powerful ways to transform our lives. Are you ready to meet her? Sarah Shulton Krantz is a professional coach, wilderness guide, author, TEDx speaker, executive producer of Walk Through This, which is a documentary feature in production. As a multiple trauma survivor, Sarah coaches people through their own life-shifting journeys of healing and transformation. When she's not working with individual clients, you can find her guiding transformational coaching, hiking, adventure, meditation, and breathwork retreats in the Grand Canyon and in the mountains of Southern California. Sarah's new book, Walk Through This, Harness the Healing Power of Nature and Travel the Road to Forgiveness, is now available. You can find out more about Sarah and her work at sarahschultingkranz.com. Sarah, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you so much for having me, and I have chills right now, which is a very good sign. Oh my goodness. Well, get a sweater. It's important no, no, to be no, comfortable. No. I just, I I spiritually feel, I feel very, this is good. This is a, this is really, you're doing some wonderful work. That's my point. Oh my goodness. You're doing. And thank you. Thank you for being here. I, one of the things that jumped out a lot, jumped out at me from your book, but you said that letting go of the way you thought your life would turn out has been one of your biggest lessons. And I wonder if you can say more about that, because I feel like we're living in a time when so many of us are needing to let go of the way we thought it would be. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. Um, I wrote this book during COVID. Mm-hmm. I started it in December of um, 2019 when Australia was on fire. It feels like that was forever ago, right? Yeah. And then I really dove in and did um, all of the writing. All of the writing and, and um, everything was done during, actually written during COVID. And for me, I look at it as a time um, of great reflection, and it truly gave me the opportunity to go that much more deeper into it and also um, reflect the, the, the parallel universe of what was happening within my own life with what was actually happening in the world at the time, too, because the world is in massive trauma right now. And, you know, what's interesting is I thought growing up, having been raised in a small village, that I was going to get married have children. I wanted to have four children. I had three. I was going to, you know, have um, the husband that was, I was going to stay with the rest of my life that um, I was going to be in the house with the, you know, we're going to say like the white picket fence kind of home. Right. And holidays would be wonderful. And I would never have to worry about anything that was happening within my husband's life because 
we were a couple based on the same values and um, family life that we really wanted to have. And then I found out that that was not the case. And when I was, when I found out, when I had discovery of the trauma that was happening within my marriage and within my husband's life, it made this sense of, it was this huge realization that everything that I thought was going to be was no longer. The woman who I thought I was, I was no longer. I had to grieve my past. I had to grieve the person that I once was. I had to grieve the loss of my husband in the fact that he, he, I mean, I had to divorce him. Right. And I had to grieve the family life that I thought I was going to have that I no longer did. And it was this big, powerful um, force, you know, within my life back then of releasing and letting go and understanding that through my own trauma recovery, I was actually creating something that I never thought would be in a part of my life. I never thought my life would be like this. And truthfully, it was one huge gift. Just like what we're going through right now, we have moments of, like, of, of stillness that we never thought that we were going to have through this gift of you know, understanding, this gift of, of now realizing that the world isn't as we thought it was either. And, you know, I think that that's one of the most powerful things that, that has come from my own trauma recovery is understanding that there are gifts in moments, there are gifts in experiences, and there, there are gifts in what is happening, you know, in the, in the chaos. So, yeah, it's been pretty powerful. Writing this book during COVID was a very, very big, powerful experience. And that idea of, a, of trauma as a gift is challenging because if we think of the idea of a gift as oh thank you this is lovely it's exactly what i wanted that i may not be able to look at as at trauma as that kind of gift but if and as i if i'm understanding your work correctly if trauma breaks us open and we discover power and change and knowledge and strength that we didn't know we possessed maybe that's the gift Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, if I may, may, can I share a little bit of my story and how? Oh, yes. Okay. So, so my first trauma happened when I was 17. Um, I was raped at the time I was raped when I was 17 and I ended up having a child who is now my oldest son. Um, you know, the, the police didn't believe me. I was, um, ridiculed. I was shamed. I was looked at as the woman, the young woman who just must have just, you know, been crossing around and that's how I became pregnant. And no, there was so much that had happened back then within my life. And I also, through that trauma that I had experienced, I was given a really big gift. And it was the gift to understand that the per first person that you need to believe in is yourself. And who taught me that was my mom. You know, and I, I think that the, the most powerful thing that I learned also back then was that we are not a product of the experiences that happen to us. What we are is a product of what we do with those experiences. And so I chose back then to believe really deeply in myself, believe that I had the power within to transform this horrible experience that happened to me and to raise my child, to actually take him home and to raise my child. There's a lot there that I talk about in my book, you know, the society, the systems, there were so many things that failed me. And yet I was, I became this woman, a portion of me of who I am today. Um, I ended up meeting my husband back when I was um, in college. He adopted my oldest son and we ended up having two, we got married, had two more sons together. And 
we, so now we have three sons and I found out at the age of 40 that he had been betraying me for most of my marriage, 14 of the 17 years with men. And so, you know, discovery was um, almost seven years ago and through my own trauma recovery, I really grabbed I, that, that I went back to that 17 year old girl and I used a lot of the tools that she had taught me, right. That she had actually learned to then move through the trauma of what happened to me at 40 and, you know, nature became a huge part of my healing. And I, I went into nature and that is where I really did a lot of my self-exploration and found clarity in my life. And once again, went back to what I learned at 17, which was that you, what happens to you in your life does not define you. You have every strength within you to transcend and transform your experiences to then create a new life, which is what we were talking about, a new life that is so powerful, beautiful, full of peace, full of freedom and forgiveness. And, you know, forgiveness became one of my biggest tools in all of this. Um, the moment I sat down with my husband, when I found out, when I discovered what was happening, the first thing that I said to him was, I want a divorce. I was so angry, by the way, I was so angry and hurt. And I was in tremendous PTSD. Mm -hmm. And yet that 17 year old girl, the voice from her said to him, I truly believe that's where it came from was that 17 year old voice. I want a divorce, but I will forgive you someday. I knew it couldn't happen in that moment. And I also knew that the power to transcend and to move through this was through forgiveness. And, you know, it's interesting when we look back on our life and we start putting all of the little dots together and you realize, oh, this is how I got here today. This is how I got here today. I'm happier today than I've ever been. Mm -hmm. I love my life today. How do you define forgiveness? Because there's an old way of looking at it that says forgiveness means it's okay. It didn't matter. And that I don't think is what forgiveness uh -oh. really is. Oh, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. You know, it's interesting um, <clears throat> how this actually really came about was I did a TED talk and um, I was really searching. I was asked to do a TED talk and I was searching into what do I want to have my TED talk be about? What's the subject? And I was asked a question and it was um, by the producer, the executive producer. And, and she said, how have you overcome your traumas? I don't get it. Like literally, like, I don't understand how you can be so happy. And I said, well, I've learned to forgive. And she asked me, how do you define forgiveness? And I said, well, it doesn't mean you're forgetting. It doesn't mean you're condoning. You're not pardoning. You're, you're handing back the pain that was handed to you. And you're saying, I no longer need to hold this. This is something, and we all have to go through the anger and the experience and the pain and everything to get to that other side. You have to walk through this, right? You have to walk through all of that. And on the other side of that, through, through the process of learning how to forgive, you understand yourself that more deeply. And then on the under, other side of that is when you hand, you're allowed the gift to hand back the pain and to step into your ultimate, you know, freedom and peace, as I always say, and joy and happiness and all the things. Um, when you look at the definition in the dictionary, it actually does not say that. It says uh, to forgive is to forget. And I will never forget everything that happened to me. I honor those times. How can you honor them if you forget them, right? You can't. So, and I work on this every day. I, I literally every single day make a choice to step out of bed, to get out of bed, to put my feet on the floor and to choose and choose forgiveness. Um, does that mean I don't go through moments of anger or, you know, having to still process the grief? No, of course I still go through those. I'm not holding it though. 
right? And that's the difference is that we make a choice every day to hold what we choose. And just even having the idea of choice given back to you is enormous when you've been traumatized because trauma sometimes tells the story that our choice was taken. Right, right. See, and that's, you completely nailed it right there. Um, I will bring this back to when I was 17 and, you know, and I chose to keep my son and this is something that very few people know about. And I, well, now everybody does because my book's out, (laughs) but I never talked about it. Um, I was sitting in the hospital bed at 17 years old. Now I'm going to start to cry even talking about this. I was sitting in the hospital bed and a nurse came in and she looked at me and she said, we're ready to take your son into foster care. And I didn't know about this. I didn't know that they had actually, that social services, the counselor who I was seeing at the time had made this decision for me. My choice was taken that my son who I had just birthed was going to be taken away and put into foster care and eventually adopted out. And I looked at her and I remember at 17 saying to her, I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? And she said, you didn't know that there's a foster family waiting for your son and the crib is there. So at that moment, you know, she looked shocked and I said, no, nobody told me this. I said, I don't, I, you're not taking him. Like I'm taking my child home with me. Um, my parents at the time didn't know. I kind of kept some stuff from them because it just, there was so much happening back then, you know, with the police and just so, not believing. And I had to get a restraining order and it just was such a chaotic time. But internally, I went back to that self of that, that peace within me and had made that decision and knew that when the time was right, I could talk to my parents about it. And my parents were so supportive and I knew that they would come around and my parents didn't know about this either. No one knew. Um, that she had made this choice on my behalf. And I looked at her and I remember saying to her, she said to me, she asked me, she said, do you want me to call them and tell them that you're not, that you're not going to put them into foster care? And I said, no, you let me do it. I don't know where this voice came from, but I, yeah. So from my hospital bed, I called the foster mom and I'll never forget the voice on the other end. And she said, you know, she said she was so sweet and she said, good for you. And she said, if you ever choose that, and that if you need to make the choice to, to bring him over here, um, I have the crib waiting for him. And I said, no, you know, this is, I'm going to be fine. And um, the person, my social worker at the time was on vacation and I had to go home. We, I, you know, made the decision. My parents let me stay at, live at home while I went to college and I raised my son there. And my mom asked me when we got home, she said, do you want to call her? And I said, no. Or she said, do you want me to call her and tell her that we brought him home? And I said, no, you let me do it. I want to get my power back. Mm-hmm. And so I sat in my parents' bed and I picked up the phone and I called her and I said, um, we brought him home. I brought him home. And she, on the other end, I'll never forget it, said to me, you are making the worst mistake of your life. And she went on and on and said, how are you going to go to college? How are you going to be create, how are you going to create a life for yourself? And I said, that's not for you to worry about. That's my choice. And so I am fully in on believing that we, when our choice is taken from us, my point is, is that when our choice is taken from us, we still have the power to take our choice back. And how we do that is through also using our voice, right? And also by the, through that process of forgiveness, Um, we don't need to hold on to all this pain. You know, I've had to work through a lot of that with those past with the, with society and with the people that made those decisions without asking me. And 
through this own process, I'll tell you something, I've done so much healing and I have done so much of my own deep diving and, and understanding. And I, it's made me a more loving human being today because going through that process of forgiveness, it always comes back to love. It always, always, always comes back to love. It's rooted there. It is based there. Life is there. It's where, you know, it's, it's the foundation of everything. Like that whole loving space is the foundation of everything. You're listening to Out of the Fog, and I'm talking with Sarah Schultenkrantz. Her new book is Walk Through This, Harness the Healing Power of Nature, and Travel the Road to Forgiveness. You can find out more about Sarah, about her work, about the book at sarahschultenkrantz.com. That's S-A-R-A-S-C-H-U-L-T-I-N-G-K-R-A-N-Z.com. sarahschultenkrantz.com. Sarah, that what you said that nature saved your life. What is it about the healing power of nature that can maybe help bring us to that place of clarity where we can hear our own voice, reconnect with our own power? What happens when we get out in nature? Mm, it's such a beautiful space, right? Like, I think so much of us, our lives are in our head, um, especially now. We have, we're sitting behind computers. We are, you know, in a house, especially during COVID, where we can't get out. We haven't, there were times where we were, you know, asked to stay safely inside. Um, being out in nature allows us to get out of our own head and drop into our heart. Everything in life connects with our heart. And when we are in that space, when we are in nature, we are connected not only more deeply within ourselves, but we really are connected to the world around us. Um, it gets us out of our own fault four walls physically, and it gets us out of our own head in a very, um, uh, uh, in a, in a, in a way that our cerebellum, which is the back part of our brain, it's actually allowed to rise. That's where clarity is found. That's where we are um, allowed to um, really have peace moments within ourselves and the frontal lobe, which is what is on all the time, even right now, as I'm doing this interview with you, you know, that is where our thoughts are. That's where we are. We have the ruminating thoughts, the stories within our head, you know, where we're doing the task mastering and, oh gosh, what am I going to have for dinner? How, who's going to pick up the kids? How, how did this happen? Right? Like all of that, that happens in the frontal lobe of our brain. So going out in nature, even for just five minutes a day, allows the frontal lobe of our brain to slow and the back part of our brain to rise, which is where we actually have our clarity. And so it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's where we drop into our heart and live our life. You talk in the book about nature deficit disorder, how we, like you say, we're in, we're inside, we're not in front of the screens. We can't get to the Grand Canyon, most of us. So what counts as nature? What, how can we even in the smallest way make that natural connection, like something we could do today to help us with that? Okay. Here's what's really fascinating. As children, we went outside to play, right? And we would do something as simple as, I don't know about all of you, but I did something as simple as just lying on the ground and looking up at the, up at the clouds go by. Hmm. That's connecting to nature. We don't, we overcomplicate everything in life, by the way, everything, including how to heal. We overcomplicate everything. And so simply going outside and taking your shoes off and putting your feet into the grass, closing your eyes, putting your hands over your heart, taking a very deep breath from the lowest part of who we are, allowing the air around us to come in, really feeling the breeze on our skin, right? Just allowing ourselves to feel the grass and how it, 
it feels on our feet. If it's dew laden, if it's dew laden, or if it's like, if it's dry, right? Like whatever it is and just sinking in, just sinking into um, the earth. It's doesn't have to be some grandiose summiting a peak. I do that because I like to do that. (laughs) But there are days that I like to just go lie on the grass and watch a spider weave a web, you know, or I look up into the trees and see the leaves just blowing in the breeze. And it's so beautiful. It's just so beautiful. Now in your book, you share seven steps for readers to work through as they come into their power of choice as they start their healing journey, as they walk through this, as they move toward forgiveness, where, where do we start? Where does that journey start? Well, I always tell people the journey starts with setting an intention. And that's why I made it step one in the book, because we need to understand why we're doing anything. Right. And so every day um, and, and every day that I, cause I practice this every day too, before I go on the water, you know, paddle boarding, or before I just go out for a walk, I always ask myself, what is it that I want to move? Like, what is it that I want to learn about myself right now? What is it that I'm releasing? What is it that, um, that I'm working on? And so just simply setting an intention gives meaning to why you're doing what it is that you are actually working through. So I always start with that, that, and bring the child within you up during this healing journey. You know in, in being a child, we get to explore. And so by bringing that child forth, we're actually exploring life and we are a part of it. We're not just watching it happen. You talk in the book about setting intentions and then letting them evolve. Mm -hmm. And when I read that something shifted in me, it feels very freeing because I'm used to setting intentions and then strangling myself with them. Right. So the idea of setting intentions and letting them evolve is another kind of part of that choice, right? It's that, it's that compassion here, right? Here is my intention. Here's what I'm walking toward. And this may change as I am changing. Yes. Oh, a thousand percent. You know, I always say surrender to the outcome because if you're surrendering to the outcome, you're also allowing the magical possibilities in. Mm. Mm. I love that. And and I think sometimes magic gets swallowed up in the way we overthink or the way we go back and relive wrongs that have been done to us, or maybe wrongs we've done to somebody else or right. The pain that we're going through bringing that magic in is important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can you let the listeners know, I know we're just up against the clock here. Can you let the listeners know how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, get their hands on that book? And I'd love to know more about the documentary because that's coming soon, right? Well, we're working on it. We're in post-production. It's so great. It's so great. Um, So yeah, you can find me at my website, sarahschultenkranz.com. You can, and please reach out. Like I just, and go in and be a part of my newsletter because I love, and, it, and it's in my, through my website. I love hearing from people um, on Instagram, on Facebook. It's all Sarah Shilton Kranz. My business Facebook is live boldly with Sarah Shilton Kranz. Um, I'm not much of a tweeter, Twitter person. So I apologize. <laughs> and documentary is um, it's, you can follow along at walkthroughthis.com. It is a documentary called Walk Through This, um, one woman's uh, story of um, starting over. And it's my story, but we also brought in other people to share their stories as well. And I'll tell you, it is powerful. 
Um, and the uh, producer of that is Laura Vanzi Taylor, and she's also the producer of I Am Maris, which is on Netflix right now. So we're hoping to have that finished by the fall of 2021. Wow. As we all know, COVID kind of has taken a, has, has, you know, delayed a few things. We filmed actually in the Grand Canyon over Thanksgiving, which happened to be six years to the day that I found out. And there were 10 women where we filmed down there and it was the most amazing footage. And so I've seen some of it and I'm really proud of this project. Just as we get ready to go, what would you say to someone listening who says, I'm in so much pain. I wish I could be where you are right now, Sarah. What do I do? You just take one step at a time, honey. Just take one step at a time. Um, you know, release yourself from this expectation and just make an agreement with yourself that you were going to do this every day, one step at a time. Sarah, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. That is Sarah Schultenkranz. Her new book is Walk Through This, Harness the Healing Power of Nature and Travel the Road to Forgiveness. You can find out more about Sarah and her work at sarahschultenkranz.com. That's S-A-R-A-S-C-H-U-L-T-I-N-G-K-R-A-N-Z.com. sarahschultenkranz.com. Look for her book, Walk Through This. You can also find her on social media, on Facebook. It's Live Boldly with Sarah Shilton Kranz. And she's all over the place, just not on just not on Twitter. Me neither. Twitter doesn't, Twitter's too, I don't know, tweety. That's not, not my thing. <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah, it's not, that's not my thing either. You're also always welcome over at KarenHigger.com. It's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. You can even book a private intuitive session with me there if you are so inclined. And I invite your attention at OpenPeacefulHeart.com. The first Sunday of every month, my wife and I get together with a circle of people from around the world where we spend 15 minutes in guided meditation focusing on peace in our hearts and peace in the world. That's a free event. All are welcome. OpenPeacefulHeart.com has details and also tons and tons now of um, archived meditations that you can stream anytime you're looking for a little peace. And thank you for listening today. Together, we are spreading a little more light in the world. And a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.